she nodded, hoping he couldn't feel the way her arm was shaking. Can you tell me what the test determines? He grinned as his eyes locked with hers. Your future. Chapter 7 of the first book, Keeper of the Lost Cities. Sophie had to shield her face as she surveyed her new surroundings. The enormous metal gate in front of them glows as bright as sunlight, nearly blinding her. Welcome to Everglen, Fitz said, leading her towards the doors. What do you think? It's uh, very bright, he laughed. Yeah, the gate absorbs all the light so no one can leap directly inside. My dad works for the council so he likes his privacy at home. I guess, after her stressful morning, it was nice to know that she would be safe. But she couldn't help wondering what they were trying to keep out. She doubted King Kong could get past the massive doors. A faint click sounded and the gate swung inward. A striking figure stood in a small glassy railing surrounded by the same enormous trees that she'd seen growing along the river in the capital. A floor-length midnight blue cape was fastened across his shoulders with a clasp that looked like a pair of yellow diamond encrusted glings. He was tall and lean, with the same vibrant teal eyes and dark wavy hair. It was impossible to miss the family resemblance. Sophie, this is my father, Alden, Fitz introduced. She wasn't sure if she should bow or courtesy or shake hands. How do you greet an elf? She managed a sly wave. It's a pleasure to meet you, Sophie, Alden said with an accent more prominent than Fitz's. I see Fitz wasn't kidding about the brown eyes. Most unusual. She could feel her cheeks flush. Uh, oh, yeah. Alden smiled. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. I think the colour is quite pretty, don't you, Fitz? She couldn't look at Fitz as he agreed. Her face felt like it might actually be on fire. Uh, did you tell anyone where Sophie was? Fitz asked. Only the council. Why? Sophie said someone tried to take her this morning. Alden's eyes widened. Are you okay? He asked, scanning Sophie like he was checking for injury. Yeah, he never got close enough to grab me. He just looked like he wanted to. Humans, Alden muttered. Actually, Sophie thought he might be an elf, Fitz told him. Father and son shared a look. Then Alden shook his head. Kidnapping is a human crime. I've never heard of anything such as an elf even considering such a thing, much less trying it. What made you think it was one of us? I might have been wrong, she said, feeling silly and paranoid. I just can't remember hearing his thoughts, which has only happened around Fitz, and now you. Yes, Fitzme told me about your tell me. He reached out to touch her forehead. Do you mind? Um... She didn't want to be rude, but she couldn't help taking a step back. I mean you no harm, I assure you. I'd love to see your memories of the kidnapper, if that's okay. She was surprised he asked her permission. Fitz was right about the rules for telepaths. Didn't mean that she liked the idea of having her memories searched through, though. She glanced at Fitz and he nodded trying to reassure her, but it was the kindness in Alden's eyes that made her agree. Alden placed two fingers gently against her temples and closed his eyes. 
She tried to hold still and avoid thinking about how good Fitz looked in his dark jacket, but as the seconds ticked by, she could feel her knees start to shake. Well, Alden said as he pulled his hands away, you indeed are a fascinating girl. Can't hear here either, could you? Fitz asked him, sounding triumphant. No, Alden took both of her hands. Well, I'll look into what happened this morning, but I'm sure there's no reason to worry. You're here now, and it's perfectly safe in our world. He frowned and his head jerked towards Fitz. I specifically told you not to let her leap again without a nexus. Sorry, I forgot. Sophie thought she was the... She saw the guy who tried to grab her, so we had to get out of there quick. But we're fine. I had us covered. That's not the point. Alden held out his hand, and Fitz dug a small black cuff out of his coat pocket and handed it to him. Alden clamped the bracelet around Sophie's right wrist, twisting it until it fit snug. Is that comfortable? She nodded, staring at her new accessory. The white band had a single teal jewel set into the front, a smooth grey rectangle on the back and intricate symbols etched all around. She blinked when she realized they were letters, letters that spelled out gibberish, which seemed like an odd way to decorate a bracelet. But what wasn't odd about this world? Alden twisted the band again and it clicked with finality. There, all set. Um, what is it? A safety precaution. Your body has to break into tiny particles to be carried by the light and the nexus holds those particles together until your concentration is strong enough to do it for you. Fitz never should have let you leap without one, even with the stressful circumstances. But Fitz doesn't have one. Sophie pointed to his bare wrist. I got mine off early. My concentration is strong enough for three people, which is why we're fine. Sophie is not even a little bit faded and you know it. Only fools overestimate their skills, son. You've never had to watch someone fade away. Perhaps if you had, you would be more cautious. Fitz's eyes dropped to the ground. What does it mean to fade away? Sophie asked quietly. The second passed before Alden answered, and he looked like he was watching a memory. It's when you lose too much of yourself in a leap. Your body isn't able to fully reform and you eventually, the light pulls the rest of you away and you're lost forever. Sophie felt goosebumps dimple her skin. Alden cleared his throat. <coughs> it's okay. It only happens a few times and we'd prefer to keep it that way. She shot a reproving look at Fitz. Fitz shrugged. Fine, the next time you send me on a secret mission to collect a long-lost elf, I'll be sure to put on the Lexus before I leave her here. Alden's eyes looked like they wanted to smile as he motioned for Sophie and Fitz to follow him down the path. We shouldn't keep our guests waiting. Sophie wiped her palms on her jeans and took a deep breath before she followed him down the narrow path lined with trees blooming blue and red and pink and purple, every color of the rainbow. The air was so thick with the perfume of their flowers it was almost dizzying. A nice change from the froaky air back home. How exactly does this test decide my future? They're testing you to see if you're qualified for Fortifier, Fitz paused, like that was something mean something. Isn't that glowing fungus? she asked. Alden clacked up. Fitz looked a little insulted. 
Foxfire. It's our most prestigious academy. Um, you named your most prestigious academy after a fungus. It represents a bright glow in a darkened world. But the light comes from fungus. Fitz rolled his eyes. When will you stop saying fungus? Only those with the strongest talent qualify for Foxfire. And if you don't get in, you might as well kiss your future goodbye. Alden placed his hand on her shoulder. You'll have to excuse my son. He's very proud to attend Foxfire, and it's definitely an accomplishment. But don't let him worry you. The earliest levels are more of a testing ground to see who develops abilities that qualify them to continue with their studies. The idea of going to an elven academy made her head spin. Would she have to sneak away every day? She didn't see how that could work. But she doubted her parents would knowingly let her light leap to a secret elven school either. If they really were her parents. Cold chills mixed with sudden nausea as last night's troubling revelation rushed back. But she shoved the sickening thought to a dark corner of her mind. One problem at a time. Is it going to be hard to get into Foxfire? She asked. Counselor Bronte will be difficult to impress, Alden admitted. He feels your upbringing and lack of proper education should disqualify you. Plus, he doesn't like surprises. The council had no idea you existed until today, and he's more than a little miffed about it. You could, you, but you only need two out of three votes. Just do the best you can. The council didn't know about her. Then why did Fitz say they'd been looking for her for twelve years? Before she could ask, they arrived at another clearing, and all coherent thoughts vanished. Dozens of squat, brown-skinned creatures with huge grey eyes tended a garden that belonged in a fairy tale. Lush plants grew up and down sideways and slantways. One of the creatures shuffled by, carrying a basket filled with twinkling purple fruit. What? It was the only word Sophie could come up with. I'm guessing this isn't quite how you pictured gnomes, is it? Um, no, these definitely weren't little old men in pointy hats, like Mr. Focal's lawn statues. So, you have gnomes for servants? Alden stopped to stare at her. We would never have servants. The gnomes choose to live with us because it's safer in our world, and they help in our gardens because they enjoy it. We're privileged to have them. You'll get your first taste of gnomes produce during lunch, and you're in for quite a treat. She watched a gnome dig slimy yellow tubers that looked like giant slugs out of the ground. She hoped none of those were on the menu. She peeled her eyes away from the strange scene as Alden led her out of the garden to a meadow with a house in the center, one so large, so elegant, she couldn't believe anyone could call it home. Part castle, part manor, it was made almost entirely of intricately cut crystal and among numerous turrets and cables rose a tower that resembled a lighthouse. They passed through two massive doors of braided silver and entered a round foyer which sparkled like a prism in the sunlight. This way, Alden said, taking her hand and bringing her down the widest hallway lined with fountains that sprouted streams of colored water over their heads. The hall did end it at a pair of doors encrusted with a jeweled mosaic. 
two diamond unicorns racing across a field of amethyst flowers. Sophie couldn't help wondering just how a place like this, though everything she'd seen in the elven world spoke of wealth, it felt very intimidating. Alden squeezed her hand again. You have nothing to be afraid of. She tried to make herself believe him as Fitz pulled the doors open and led them into a formal dining room. Sheer silk curtains covered the glass walls, drawing the eye up to an enormous chandelier, a waterfall of long, shimmering crystals that hung over a round table set with domed platters and fancy goblets. Three figures in jewel-encrusted circlets rose from the plush throne-like chairs surrounding the table. A second too late, Sophie realized she should have curtsied, not that she knew how. She stared at the silver capes fastened at the base of their necks with clasps that looked like glowing golden keys and felt horribly underdressed. Everyone wore jewels and lush fabrics except her and Fitz, and he was in disguise. Counselors, this is Sophie Foster, Alden introduced with a quick bow. Sophie, this is Kendrick, Aurelai, and Bronte. Kendrick was built like a football player, with wild red hair and a big toothy grin. Aurelai looked like a fairy princess, rosy cheeks and long golden ringlets. And then there was Bronte. As Sophie met his gold gaze, she could see what Alden meant about Bronte being hard to impress. He was the smallest of the three, with cropped brown hair and sharp features. He wasn't bad-looking, but there was something strange about his appearance that she couldn't put her finger on. She gasped when it realized what it was. Brent, Bronte demanded. Five pairs of blue eyes focused on her, and she stared at the floor as she was as she mumbled, S- "Sorry, I, I was surprised by your ears. My ears." Bronte repeated, confused. Fitz's whole body shook with laughter. Sophie squirmed as one by one the others joined him. Bronte did not look at all pleased to be left out of the joke. I think that she's surprised that your ears are pointy, Alden finally answered through laughter. Our ears change shape as we age. Eventually, it'll happen to all of us. I'm gonna get pointy ears. Her hands darted to her head like they might have already transformed. Not for a few thousand years, Alden promised, but then I'll doubt you mind. Sophie sank into a chair, barely noticing that Fitz sat next to her. Her brain was on auto-repeat. Thousand years, thousand years, thousand years. How long do elves live? She asked, everyone looking young and vibrant, even Bronte. We don't know, Kendrick said, scooting his chair a touch closer to Aurelai's than he really needed to. No one's died of old age yet. Sophie rubbed her forehead. It actually hurt her brain trying to understand this. So you're saying that elves are immortal? No, a trace of sorrow hid in Alden's voice. We can die, but our bodies stop aging when we reach adulthood. We don't get wrinkles or grey hair, only our ears age. He smiled at Bronte, who glowered back. Bronte belongs to a group we know the as the ancients, which is why his ears are so distinct. Please, help yourselves, he added, pointing to the domed platters in front of the each guest. Sophie uncovered hers 
and fought the urge to hide her grimace. Black strips and purple mushy glop didn't exactly scream, Eat me! She forced herself to take a bite, stunned when the purple gloop tasted like the juiciest cheeseburger ever. What is this stuff? That's mashed carnissa root. The black strips are umber leaves, Alden explained. Sophie took a bite of umber leaf. Tastes like chicken. You eat animals? Fitz asked in a tone that would have made more sense if she said that she'd eaten toxic waste. Sophie nodded, squirming when Fitz grimaced. I take it, elves are vegetarians. Everyone nodded. She took another bite to hide her horror. It wasn't that she liked eating animals, but she couldn't imagine living off only vegetables. Vegetables, of course, tasted like cheeseburgers. Maybe it wouldn't be so bad. So, Sophie, Bronte sneered her name like it bothered him to say it. Alden tells me you're a telepath. She swallowed her mouthful and it sank into her stomach with a thud. It felt wrong discussing her secret so openly. Yes, she'd been reading minds since she was five. Isn't that right, Sophie? Alden asked when she didn't respond. She nodded. Kenrick and Aurelia's jaws dropped. That's the most absurd thing I've ever heard, Bronte argued. It's unusual, Alden corrected. Bronte rolled his eyes as he turned to Sophie. Let's see how good you are then. Tell me what I'm thinking. Sophie's mouth went dry as everyone felt silence waiting for her. She glanced at Fitz, remembering his warnings about the rules of telepathy. He gave you permission, Fitz told her. She nodded, taking a deep breath to stay calm. Apparently, the test had begun.